Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets and Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast, where we provide you the high-yield content from Step 2 Secrets in audio format, as well as question breakdowns, so you can study on the go and get back to reclaiming some of your life. This is the question breakdown for the smoking chapter. A 52-year-old man presents to the clinic with a two-month history of cough and weight loss. The cough is non-productive. His medical history is significant for type 2 diabetes mellitus and hypertension, as well as a pacemaker implanted for complete heart block. He has a 40-pack-year smoking history. On physical examination, he is afebrile, and the remainder of his vital signs are normal. Lung auscultation is unremarkable and his cardiovascular examination reveals an S4 heart sound. His only laboratory abnormality is a serum calcium level of 12.5 milligrams per deciliter. He comes in with a previous radiograph that is compared to the ones ordered today. Now, we're doing this in audio format, but the question actually includes two chest x-rays, one of which appears normal, and the newer one revealing a lung mass. So the question in this vignette is, which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? Is it A, congestive heart failure, B, lung cancer, C, sarcoidosis, D, tuberculosis, or E, viral pneumonia? Now, as you're listening to this, you may think to yourself, this is a pretty straightforward what is the diagnosis question. However, it really is a a two-step question if you were reading this because it would require that you identify the mass on the x-ray as opposed to having me tell you that. But let's go through each of these options. So choice A is congestive heart failure. So while an S4 may be present in CHF, CHF would be more likely to produce bilateral pleural effusions and weight gain as opposed to weight loss that this patient has. And you would also expect other findings such as peripheral edema, dyspnea, orthopnea, and paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea, none of which are given to us in this vignette. So that is not a great choice. Choice B is lung cancer. So this is a patient who smokes, has cough, weight loss, and a new lesion on chest radiography, and he also has hypercalcemia. All of these are suggestive of lung cancer. So I would be thinking that the hypercalcemia may be due to perineoplastic disease as a result of the release of parathyroid hormone-related peptide, or PTHRP, which acts like PTH to increase serum calcium. So I'm really keen on this answer so far, but let's go through the others. Sarcoidosis tends to present more insidiously and with the most common presentation being asymptomatic hyalur adenopathy. Cough and weight loss could be present, but the imaging findings in this case and the smoking history make lung cancer the more likely diagnosis. 
Moving on to D, which is tuberculosis. Although TB is in the differential diagnosis of cough and weight loss, this patient has a new lesion on chest radiography that's inconsistent with the diagnosis of TB, which classically features a cavitary lesion in the upper lobe, which is not what we see on this x-ray. And then finally, a viral pneumonia. So this patient's duration of symptoms is not consistent with a viral pneumonia. And we also wouldn't expect a viral pneumonia to result in hypercalcemia. So in this case, the correct answer is B, lung cancer. And the learning point here is that cough and weight loss associated with a new lesion on chest x-ray in a smoker should raise the suspicion for lung cancer. Hypercalcemia increases the likelihood due to the perineoplastic release of PTHRP from a squamous cell lung cancer or from direct bony metastasis causing hypercalcemia from bony destruction. And now, back to the show. This is Ted O'Connell, and this is the smoking chapter from USMLE Step 2 Secrets, 5th edition. Question 1. Does smoking really deserve its own chapter in this book? Smoking is the single most significant source of preventable morbidity and premature death in the United States. This is a recurrent theme on the boards, so whenever you are not sure which risk factor to choose to reduce morbidity and mortality, smoking is a safe guess. Question 2. How is smoking related to heart disease? Smoking is the best risk factor to eliminate for prevention of deaths related to heart disease. It is responsible for 30 to 45% of such deaths in the United States. This risk is decreased by 50% within one year of quitting, and by 15 years after quitting, the risk is the same as someone who has never smoked. Question 3. What cancers are more likely in smokers? Smoking increases the risk for cancers of the lung. Smoking causes 85 to 90% of cases. The oral cavity, 90% of cases. Esophagus, 70 to 80% of cases. Larynx, pharynx, bladder, 30 to 50% of cases. Kidney, 20 to 30%. Pancreas, 20 to 25%. Cervix, stomach, colon, and rectum. Question 4. Describe the effect of smoking on the lung. Lung cancer and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease are due to smoking. Emphysema almost always results from smoking. If the patient is very young or has no history of smoking, you should consider alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Although the changes of emphysema are irreversible, the risk of death still decreases if the patient stops smoking. Question 5. What about secondhand smoke? Secondhand smoke has been proven to be a risk factor for lung cancer and other lung diseases. The risk increases linearly with increasing exposure. When parents smoke, their exposed children are at increased risk for asthma and upper respiratory infections, including otitis media. Question 6. What other bad things does smoking do? Smoking retards the healing of peptic ulcer disease, and cessation stops the development of Berger disease, which is Raynaud symptoms in a young male smoker. Smoking by a pregnant woman increases the risk of low birth weight, prematurity, spontaneous abortion, stillbirth, and infant mortality. Cessation of smoking preoperatively is the best way to decrease the risk of postoperative pulmonary complications, 
especially if it is stopped at least eight weeks before surgery. Question 7. True or false? Women who smoke should not take birth control pills. True. If the woman is over age 35 years and smokes, or is younger than 35 years and smokes 15 or more cigarettes per day. The risk of thromboembolism is increased sharply in women who smoke and take birth control pills. Postmenopausal women, however, can take estrogen therapy regardless of smoking status. Question 8. So what is the bottom line for the boards? Smoking is a very dangerous habit that should be avoided. That's the end of this chapter. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, my publishing company behind USMLE Step 2 Secrets, for allowing us to put out this book in audio format. Please check out the other Inside the Boards podcasts over at InsideTheBoards.com, including the main Inside the Boards podcast and the Inside the Boards Study Smarter series for question breakdowns and tips on getting through medical school. And with that, we wrap up today's episode of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. Hi, this is Ted O'Connell. I just wanted to let you know real quick that when the time comes for you to begin studying for the USMLE Step 3, we actually now have a USMLE Step 3 subscription podcast. So I encourage you to check that out over at medpreptogo.com. We have sample episodes available. And even if you're studying for step two, you may actually find some of this content uh, really useful for your studies. So please do check it out.